What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Down Once More. Today, we've got something a little bit different for you. So, it's a mini episode. It's usually not a Rayleigh and I week, but I talked to Rayleigh about how I wanted these to be more, have a little bit more both of us on them on the mini episodes, not just be me rambling. You're getting enough of that, especially if you're watching our Last of Us reviews as well that I've been doing. Uh, so I asked her to record something, whatever she wanted to, uh, if she wanted to do five minutes, 10 minutes, the whole episode to go for it. And what we got it's a fun little story time with Rayleigh. So I'm not going to say much else. I'm going to let her take over, and this will be the Rayleigh show, not the Matt show this week. The only thing I wanted to highlight is if you in one of our most viewed and listened to episodes was our one on Twisted, the Team Star Kid musical. So a parody of Aladdin, Disney movies alike, Hilarious comedy. You can watch it in full on Team Star Kid's YouTube. Team Star Kid has a new production coming out. Uh, they had funded part of it through uh, Backer Kit uh, crowdfunding campaign, which we mentioned in our Twisted Review. That's how they do most of theirs. And so their new show, it's called Nerdy Prudes Must Die. It is starting its run on February 16th, so the day after this episode releases. And it is at the El Portal Theater in L.A. It's going to be going from the 16th to the 25th. Uh, you can buy tickets to go in person. I think they still have some available. You can also get digital tickets that will be available. They can watch it online on the 21st ahead of whenever it eventually comes to YouTube later on in the year. So um, I'll have the link in the bio here. It's basically their website, teamstarkid.com. You can get all the info on Nerdy Prudes Must Die and their other shows coming up. So I encourage everyone to check that out. And with that, I'm going to let Rayleigh take it away with the story of how she was maybe almost murdered. What's up, Downers? Rayleigh here. And this is going to be Tales of Traveling with Rayleigh, I think, or something like that. I don't know. I'm going to test this out and see how it goes. Uh, so the premise of this is that I, it has nothing to do with our normal podcast series or anything to do with musicals whatsoever, but I have traveled a lot and I have seen a lot of things. I've gone a lot of places and a lot of things have happened to me <laughs> in a lot of places. And some of the stories that I have are just too wild to believe. So I feel like I should immortalize them before I get too old to remember them, <laughs> start to forget, uh, I will put them here and I'll bore them. I'll bore you with them. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm actually going to do this more than once. We'll see. But if you like it, let me know and I'll do it again because I have more. So the first story I'm going to tell dates back to college days, college Rayleigh. Good times. Um, I went to college in Iowa city, Iowa, for those of you who don't know, um, not a whole lot going on in Iowa, but if you're going to go somewhere in Iowa, go to Iowa City. That's the place to be. Uh, shout out, Hawkeyes. And by the time I was in college, my family had already moved back to Mississippi. My parents had already moved back to Mississippi, which is where I was originally from. So for holidays, that made things complicated. I had a long way to go from Iowa down to Mississippi, but I did it. So this is a story, and I'm going to call it... Um, that time, the Midwestern small town conspired to murder me. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. So, it's Thanksgiving weekend, 
of my sophomore year, I think. Yeah. Puts me at like 19, 20 years old. So that's about right. Thanksgiving weekend, I decide I'm going to leave Iowa. I'm going to drive on my own all the way down to Mississippi, solo road trip. I'm so excited. I'm going to leave right after class on Wednesday. going to drive all through the night, get there Thursday, show up for Thanksgiving. It's going to be a party. It's going to be awesome. This is like a 15 hour drive maybe ahead of me. So like, I'm, yeah, it's going to be a long night, but I'm like going to do it, you know, because this is 19 year old Rayleigh and she thinks this is a good idea. But I neglected to think about the fact that in Iowa in November, it gets dark very early. So I left after class on Wednesday at like maybe 3 p.m. And it was dark by 4.30. So it was a really going to be, it was going to be a really, really long drive ahead of me all night. But I was juiced up. I had Monster, I had Red Bull, whatever I drank in college to kill brain cells and keep me awake. I get maybe three, four hours into the trip and I stopped, normal stop. I was in the middle of nowhere and I went to the gas station getting gas going to get food, going to get more Monster or Red Bull or whatever it was, eating my insides that age, and carry on, right? I go inside, get what I need, fuel up, come back outside, crank my car, and y'all, this sound. I mean, if I could compare it to anything, I might compare it to the screeching sound of the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings. And yes, I totally know I'm a nerd and I just threw out a nerd alert, but that high-pitched screeching, you know what I'm talking about, my car started making that sound. Mind you, 10 minutes before when I was driving to this gas station, no such sound was heard, okay? But this was so ear-piercing that you, you could not deny it. It was There was something going on. I freaked out. I called my dad. Dad, what do I do? It's already like seven-ish, maybe 8 p.m. So he's like, well, you know, you need to find a car place near you. You, He could hear the sound over the phone. That's how loud it was. He was like, I hear it. You cannot go anywhere with your car sounding like that. And so he's like, the only thing I can tell you to do is, I don't know where you are, go back inside the gas station where you are, Find the person that works there and ask them if there's like an auto parts store near you or, uh, I don't know, a dealership or something that can help you at this late hour because it's most places are already closed probably, but you need somebody to look at your car before you can go any further. So I did. I went back inside. I went to the store clerk and I said to him what happened. You know, here my car is making a crazy sound. I don't know what to do. And I'm just wondering if you know if there's any place open I can go to to see, to have it checked out. Well, he's, this guy's listening to me with like this most earnest face. And he's like, well, I don't know because I just moved here. But Gary, we'll call him Gary. This is a true story, but names have been changed to protect the um, not so innocent. And I think my personal opinion is they're not so innocent. But I changed their names just in case this ever gets back to them. I don't want them coming back to finish the job. So let's call him Gary. He says, Gary, right there behind you, works at O'Reilly Auto Parts. And I said, oh, really? And I turn around and before I can fully turn around, Gary is standing behind me. Now, Gary was in a booth drinking his gas station crap coffee at least 15 feet away from me when I walked in the door to talk to him. Gary is now behind me like that. I turn around, I'm like, and he says, 
I hear you're having car trouble. You heard that? From all the way back there? You heard that? Okay, all right. So I said, yes, I am having car trouble. I don't know what's going on. It's making a crazy sound. What do I do? Is, is your store open? And he says, well, let me take a look. Okay. So we go back outside. Screeching sound happens again. He tinkers in there for a minute, you know, moving some stuff. I don't know. Slicing some things. Probably chopping up a roast beef. I don't know what he was doing in there. And then he comes, pokes his head out, and he says, your ex-gobulator jovanistic factor of the spark plug and AC unit have been shafted. I don't... It was gobbledygook to me. He said whatever was wrong with my car. And I said, okay. Like I actually understood anything he said. And I let him finish his little spiel about the numbers and digits and things that were wrong with my car. And I said, okay. And what does that mean? He says, well, you need new XYZ. Right. Where do I get XYZ? He says, well, my store is closed anyway, but even if they were open, they don't have what you need. You need to go to a Jeep dealership. Right. Jeep dealership. Okay. Help. <laughs> Where's the closest Jeep dealership? He says, oh, don't worry. My son, my son works at a Jeep dealership right across the way in Quincy, Illinois. Quincy, Illinois. I said, okay, great. Where is it? How do I get to it? And, and I also asked him, hey, you know, since this XYZ needs to be replaced, like how close is the next place? Because it, this Jeep dealership is closed tonight. I know this already. But can I make it to the next place where there might be one open? Or can I make it to the morning driving it to so-and-so place? He was adamant. Absolutely not. You cannot drive this anywhere cross country. If you drive so much as half an hour this way, you're out in the middle of like no man's land and your car will break down. You will not be able to go an inch further. You can drive it as far as across the way here to this place, but you cannot make it further than that. Okay. So now I'm stuck, right? But he says, my, don't worry, my son works at a Jeep dealership and he'll open his dealership tomorrow. They open at eight. He says, but don't worry, I'll call him. I'll see if he can open early for you tomorrow. Maybe he can get up and open at seven. Sometimes they do that for special guests or, or clients or customers or whatever. I said, okay, <laughs> great. So 7 a.m., I have a date with your son at the Jeep dealership. But it is 12 hours from now to get to that date. What do I do from now until then? And he says, don't worry, it's okay, we've got a motel. One, one motel, one. It's also in Quincy, how convenient. And I said, okay, just tell me the name of it, I'll Google it and I'll make it over there. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll drive you over there. Wait, well, no, 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 you won't drive me anywhere, okay? I'm not getting in the car with a stranger, I know this enough. I know this well enough that I, I don't do that. I will drive there, just tell me how to get there. He says, how about this? You follow me in your car and I'll drive you to the motel. My friend, my buddy, owns the place and he's probably over there right now. So I'll see if he can, you know, open up a room for you and have it ready. 
to which I also protested. I said, it's okay, don't worry, I can handle it, I'm fine. But no, we've now got, let's call him Gary, Gary's son, and Gary's friend, who owns the motel, all involved in my well-being for the night. So I'm already getting antsy about this situation. There's a lot of people that I'm depending on to survive the night that I don't know, and they all know each other. Makes me nervous. But okay, I don't have another choice. One motel, where else am I going to sleep? So I make my way over there. I followed him in my car, got there, walked in. Nobody was there. I said goodbye to Gary. He drove off. Nobody in the front office. And I, I can't really call it a lobby because this is one of those motels that you like drive up to your room. Do you know what I'm talking about? From like the movies where everybody dies in these motels. Like it's like a C shape, you know, and you could just there's your door right there to give you an idea the caliber of the place. I walk in and there's nobody there. No bell, no ringer, no hello, nothing. So I'm stuck. What do I do? Thankfully, I had a smartphone and this was when smartphones were really pretty new. So it was pretty awesome that I could Google the place where I'm standing and find the actual motel where I'm standing and the phone number for the motel. And I call it standing in the lobby and I'm like, and I, I, I heard it ringing in the nether regions of the back office. And then I hear this garbled, like, hello. Hi, I'm standing in your office. I need a room. I think this is the right place. I'm in Quincy, Illinois. I'll be right there. Okay. Hang up. Wait. Wait to hear the footsteps. And I heard the footsteps from far away. They were coming from outside into the front door where I just walked in. Not from behind the desk, but like outside the motel into the front door where I just came in. He greets me, gives me my room for $28.99 or something like that. <laughs> Another red flag. And he gives me the key to my room. My room is number 13. I'm not superstitious, but like, why? <laughs> why? You got to give me room 13. I'm already freaking out. I'm already alone. I'm already wondering how I'm going to get out of this like situation I'm in. Now I got to go to room 13. Just Why? Because I guarantee you there ain't nobody else staying in this motel. I'm the only one. In fact, I see no other cars, no other rooms occupied, no other lights on. Just me. So why 13? Hmm? Well, I'll tell you why. I walked to my room, opened the door, went in. It was exactly what I expected. To the T. My most concerned, I mean, there were a lot of things that concerned me about this room. But the most concerning thing was the splatter of some unidentified dark liquid near the bed on the wall, <laughs> splattered. In the bathroom, there's a used washcloth, still wet. I didn't touch it, but I could see it. It's still wet, balled up in the corner of the tub. And I didn't open the closet, but I guarantee you if I did, there was a dead hooker in there for sure. Anywho, not feeling the room, not too happy with it, right? I gotta stay here because I don't have anywhere else to go. So, fine, I'm getting acclimated, not touching anything, like, oh God, it's just one night, just gotta survive, okay? The door's locked. I've done everything I can do to keep myself safe. And then I hear the footsteps. It's gravel, right? So I heard him from far away. Gravel footsteps coming closer, 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 closer. I look out the peephole, and the guy who's running the motel, the one that just checked me in, is coming to my room. Okay, <laughs> what now? <laughs> At the last second, right before he gets to my room, he turns and he goes, 
to the adjacent room, the room that is connected to mine. I kid you not. Opens the door, walks in, closes it, locks it. I can hear all this because the walls are like paper thin, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe he's cleaning in there at 9 p.m. when nobody else is going to check into this motel and there's no one else here but me. (sighs) There's got to be a reason that he's in there. Silence. No sound, no bustling about, no cleaning. And he doesn't leave. He doesn't go in and come back out like as if he's left something in there. No, no. He stays. He locked the door and stayed in there silently. Okay? So now I'm just fucking freaking out. I did what every normal, stable, totally coherent and capable young woman does. I called my mommy and I cried. I turned the TV on because I was sure he was listening. 100% certain this man was listening to everything that happened in my room. I called my mommy and I said, Mom, I don't want to die, okay? I don't want to die. This guy's going to kill me. And he's like, whatever, right over next to me in this room. She's like, slow down. What is happening? I told her everything. And you know what my mom said? My mom is a very calm and very sweet, southern, gentle woman. She does not get riled up over anything. And then telling her all this in tears, like freaking out about the room and the blood on the wall and the bath cloth. And like, why is he there? And the TV's on and I can't touch anything. And she goes, Rayleigh, get in your car and drive. When you're a mom, who's the calmest, most rational person you know, says something like that to you, you get the fuck out. I mean, pew! And she said, stay on the phone with me, get your suitcase, get your bag, walk to your car. And I said, mom, it's gravel. He's going to hear. He's going to hear when I click the door open. He's going to know. If he comes after me, I have no shot. He's, He's right there. She said, just keep the phone on, do not hang up, and you go straight to your car, and you crank the car, and you drive. I don't care where you drive, but you drive. I was like, Mom, my car might not even crank. I don't want to die. My car cranked. I got the fuck out of there. I practically ran as calmly as you can run, you know, with that, like, arm sound, like, (laughs) with the phone on, like, always, like, okay, I don't hear anything. I don't think he's coming. At the last second, I cranked my car and I saw him open the door. I didn't stick around to see what his face looked like or if he was coming after me. I did not. I bolted, gravel spinning out of there. I had nowhere else to go. Where do I, where do I go? What do I do? I went back to the gas station where I was before. It was the only place I knew that was well lit with other humans around. As I'm driving up to the gas station, I see there's a cop car, a policeman in the gas station parking lot waiting for me. Wait, not for me, but waiting. And I was like, oh, thank God, a policeman. Oh my God. If I could just pull up next to him and sit there and I don't have to tell him anything because nothing really happened, but I'm just freaking out. And if he was just sitting next to me, I'll be safe. Okay, fine, 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 fine. So I pull in, I sit next to him. And as I'm driving up right next to him and I'm putting it in park, I look over and he pulls, he looks at me. And he pulls his car out, backs up, and drives away. (laughs) I was like, no. I swear to God, people, they were all in on it, okay? From the clerk at the store, whoever tampered with my car, let's be real, whoever tampered with my car when I was in the bathroom started it, okay? The clerk who knew O'Reilly man, who knew his son, who knew the motel owner, who knew the cop, and they all plotted 
to get me, okay? I stayed in that gas station parking lot, not sleeping. Oh, you better fucking believe I didn't fall asleep. But I stayed there all night in my car, my broken car, freezing my ass off because I wasn't going to run it. You could hear it for miles around, and I didn't know if I was ever actually going to be able to crank it again. So I left it off, shivering my tits off in the parking lot of a gas station, trying to hold on to my life and wondering what was the last thing that I said to my siblings. Like, that's my night. I woke up in the morning and I drove to the Jeep dealership. I introduced myself and the man was there waiting for me at 7 a.m. Like as if this was the last piece of the puzzle. He was like, oh, you must be Rayleigh. Are you going to fix my car or not? (laughs) And y'all, he started hitting on me. The sun started hitting on me. He found me on Facebook later. It was like, that was so good to meet you. And I got the fuck out of that town. I'm so sorry. I'm sure there are some lovely, lovely people in Quincy, Illinois. I'm sure. But it was the night I almost lost my life in a full-on serial killer slasher novel style. 20-year-old blonde white girl goes on solo road trip and never leaves Quincy, Illinois. That was my story. That was it. I was going to die that night. (laughs) And this has been uh, Travel Tales with Rayleigh. Hope you enjoyed. Let me know if you like the story and tell me if I was totally overreacting or if this was a legitimate fear. Thanks for listening. Bye. Jesus Christ. Um, I had not uh, watched that whole thing before I recorded the intro, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect and uh, wasn't quite that. I think I'm on team really was going to get murdered. But like she said, comment below, message us if you think she was in danger or not. I, I, I mean, that's creepy as shit regardless. I don't think I would have gone to the Jeep dealership the next morning with the potential conspirator to murder son. But that's just me. Um, anyways, that's going to re- do it for our mini episode. Our next episode is going to be our review of Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, full disclosure and heads up on that. It's a bit of a downer episode. Uh, it's not quite the normal energy and everything, uh, as most of our podcasts, because the movie itself and the musical, it deals with some pretty heavy subject matter. So we will have a kind of content warning, trigger warning at the he- front of that episode so be prepared going into that make sure you're in the decent headspace for it or know what you're getting yourself into and then on sunday we will resume we are a um we will resume last of us reviews so if you have been watching hbo's series it's now right up there with its biggest hits for streaming at least recently house of the dragon um if you haven't been watching it you should be it has some fantastic storylines expanding upon the games and is definitely the best video game adaption of a series out there so each week after i finish watching the episode i come and i record an instant reaction It is not the most concise thing. I'm going to be straightforward and honest with that because I'm recording it as soon as the episode ends. And if you have been watching, you know that most of these are fucking heart wrenching and just emotionally draining. So 
I am usually kind of frazzled when I record those. Um, but if you're interested in checking those out, those are on our YouTube page exclusively. Dear Evan Hansen is our movie that will be coming out a week from today, so be watching for that. Make sure you follow us, you subscribe, you turn on notifications so you know when the new episode's live. And don't forget to go down once more. Later. <laughs>